from 11 a.m. until 12 p.m. PST out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and live on WRMN AM 1410 and 96.7 FM every Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. CST out of the Elgin and the Chicagoland area. We're also live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook at The Jamie D Show. That's spelled T-H-E-J-A-I-M-E-D-E-E-S-H-O-W, a real live radio show. I'm also streaming live on Instagram right now at It's Jamie D. That's spelled I-T-S-J-A-I-M-E-D-E-E. Make sure you go like, comment, and subscribe. I see we got Camilla in the house. We got Chef Natty. We got Laura Marie. We got JH116. Shout out to those who are tuning in live right now on Instagram. We got Kara out of Phoenix, Arizona, live on the YouTube and for those who are listening in their cars right now in Las Vegas and in the Elgin slash Chicagoland area, thank you so much for not turning that radio dial. I super, super, super appreciate you all. There's not enough appreciation I can give you all for tuning in and supporting my live radio show. Thank you. It means the world to me. Seriously. All right. So for today's show rundown, we're going to have a conversation about the daily news because, you know, we got to get into some things because there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world. I wonder when I'll be able to stop saying that. You know, you know, today was just a good day. There wasn't any crazy stuff. Everything was great. Nope. We're going to talk about it. All right. And then later on in the show, we're going to have Dr. Amara Pope. Oh, I'm super excited. She's coming in live from Canada. She is a media and marketing expert, and she's going to join me live to talk everything about the history of Canadian R&B. So stick around because you can ask her questions. You're more than welcome to call in at 847-931-1410. Again, that's 847-931-1410 to get in the conversation and ask her questions. But if you're not able to call in live, you know I will acknowledge your comments. Comment live on the streaming platforms. I'll read them and I'll chat them out out loud. All right. Let's get into some news. According to Fox 5 Vegas, the U.S. Department of Transportation announced it's approved $2.5 billion in additional private activity bonds for the Brightline West High Speed Rail Project. That adds to the $1 billion in bonds the DOT invested in the project in 2020. The project is also receiving $3 billion from President Joe Biden's infrastructure law. Quote, President Biden's historic infrastructure package gives us the opportunity to build safe, green, and accessible rail systems that will deliver benefits to the American people for generations to come. End quote, said U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. The 218-mile rail line will connect Las Vegas to Southern California. The 218-mile rail line will connect Las Vegas to Southern California, and it promises to create 35,000 jobs. Oh, yes. It was going to reduce traffic on I-15 and reduce carbon emissions by more than 400,000 tons a year. Isn't that insane? Construction is expected to begin this summer of 2024. The goal is to have it up and running in time for the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. 11,000 workers will be soon hired to build the high-speed Brightline Rail from Las Vegas to California. Brightline's founder and chairman says he sees the rail line as a part of the future of transportation in the U.S. Quote, as the first true high-speed rail system in America, Brightline West will serve as the blueprint for connecting cities with fast, eco-friendly passenger rail throughout the country. End quote, said Wes Edens. Quote, connecting Los Angeles and Southern California provide widespread public benefits to both states, creating thousands of jobs and jump-starting a new level of economic competitiveness for the region. We appreciate the confidence placed in us by DOT and are ready to get to work, end quote. The new funding comes in the form of private activity bonds. These are bonds issued on behalf of a state or local government to fund qualified projects like airports or hospitals. They function as an alternative to corporate corporate bonds and allow governments to borrow on behalf of private companies. Now, I have lived in nine major cities so far, and I've been in Miami, when they said they're going to build a high-speed rail from Miami to Orlando, and the Obama backed that up. I was in D.C. when they said they were going to build a high-speed rail from D.C. to New York. I don't know who backed it up, but it was backed up. And then I lived in L.A. and also Las Vegas most recently where they had this idea. And when I was working at iHeart, we were talking about this trail, this, 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 this train for the longest time. It was, it was literally like an everyday news segment, I swear. And I thought it was already approved. <laughs> I thought they already started working on the train, but I guess not. Starting this summer, I like it. I like connecting cities that are really not that far away from each other. I mean, if you think about it, LA to Las Vegas is four hours. Miami to Orlando is three hours. DC to New York is four hours. So 
If you want to cut down a drive to two hours, I would gladly hop on that train. I think that's cool to be able to cut down travel in half and allow people to not only go to work, but allow people to live in certain places where they don't feel like they have to live specifically in the city that they work in because now they have other modes of transportation. I personally like it. There's a lot of people out here who are protesting get it against it, but I like it. I'm with connecting communities and making ways for us to travel faster happen. All right, get into the super bizarre story as posted by Hollywood Unlocked. A 64-year-old Massachusetts woman, Roxanne Doucette, has been charged with attempting to kill her 73-year-old husband, Paul Doucette, after falling victim to an online scam. The scammer posing as Thruston K, a soap opera star from, quote, the bold and the beautiful, end quote, manipulated Roxanne into serving her husband poison soup. The couple's daughter, Nicole Heath, suspected foul play and shared incriminating text messages, screenshots with the police. Heath discovered a series of text messages between her mother and the scammer, which suggested Roxanne's involvement in the poisoning plot. In one message, Roxanne mentioned making a special potion soup for her husband, ensuring he wouldn't be hungry when he returned. Another message hinted at collecting life insurance. These messages and her husband's testimony about the soup tasting bitter raised serious concerns as reported by Daily Mail. Take a listen to this news report. I didn't poison him. As she stood in the doorway of the house on Ash Street, where she's under investigation for feeding her husband poisoned soup in early December, Roxanne Doucette tearfully denied it. I've never, ever tried to poison him in any way whatsoever. I love him very, very much, and I would never try to kill anyone. She claims the soup was simply old, but things took a bizarre turn hours later when she called 911 and her 73-year-old husband Paul was rushed to the hospital. That's where the couple was met by their daughter, who was suspicious and began to examine her mom's phone. According to court documents, there are messages on that phone from a scammer claiming to be a soap opera star who wanted to hook up with her, with one message saying, quote, you have to get rid of your husband, honey. I need you so much. Um, it was a scam. But court documents say she eventually wrote back, quote, making an amazing soup, special potion. Maybe I could collect life insurance. Her 73-year-old husband was barely conscious when first taken to the hospital, but survived. And while acknowledging it's the talk of the town, the Townsend police chief is urging against any rush to judgment. I just tell everybody to just kind of take a step back, take a deep breath, think things through before you spread things or before you, you know, you think you know what's going on. Sometimes it's a little bit more complex than it seems. A limited toxicology test on Paul Doucette came back negative, but Roxanne is now on under court order to stay away from him. I just want him to come home. I just love him so much. When police tried to seize her iPhone as evidence, they say Roxanne Doucette fought back and kicked them. For that, she's also charged with resisting arrest and assaulting an officer. Live in Townsend tonight, Ken McLeod, WBZ News. All right, Ken. Man, I don't believe it. She tried to poison her husband and get that life insurance. I don't know if you guys saw that news report, but those were alligator tears. She can save it. That lady was trying to kill her husband. And the crazy part is they were together for so long. You literally never know who you're married to. You could swear up and down this person would never harm me. They wouldn't do this to me. And then time will tell you that that was a lie. Oh, 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 life is so scary. The world is so scary. You literally never know who you're married to, who you're friends with, who's going to turn their back on you out of nowhere. How? How? <laughs> Gina Chandler says, I saw it. She was crying. No, she wasn't. She was lying. She tried to poison her husband to be with that celebrity who was a scammer. And it's so funny, too, because people in the comments are saying, how much would I bet it was her daughter scamming her mom so they could both collect life insurance? Oh, the world is a crazy place. Shout out to Gina Chandler. Shout out to Miss Dupar. Shout out to Tracy. Shout out to Kara. Yes, shout out to people who are tuning in live. We got Camilla. We got Laura. It's an absolute pleasure to have you guys listening in. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have the amazing Dr. Mara Pope. I'm so excited. She's streaming in from Canada. Oh, okay. I wanted to do this thing, <laughs> like the stereotype Canadian thing, but I don't want her to beat me up. 
<laughs> All right, guys, stick around. This is KSHB out of Las Vegas and WRMN out of the Elgin and the Chicagoland area. I'll be right back. Tony Town on that team. Obviously, you don't quite walk or laundry can. At AR Heating and Air Conditioning, our main goal is to provide high-quality service without breaking the bank. From maintaining your HVAC units to fixing them when they are down, they are there for you. AR Heating and Air Conditioning offer reasonable prices, reliability, and professional service at a great value. For more information, go to FixMyAC.net or call 702-646-4000. Beat the heat and call AR Heating and Air Conditioning today. Welcome to Hash House A Go-Go, where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House A Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing, and there's nothing else like it. Hungry? For the best barbecue in Las Vegas, come out to the infamous barbecue and meat market, John Moles Meats and Roadkill Grill in Las Vegas. John Moles was featured on the Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Now take home delicious meat selections for your grill, and while you're there, grab a bite of the best barbecue in Las Vegas. With two locations now at Tom and Gowan or on North Decatur, you're sure to find the perfect meats for your next barbecue or party. Find us online at johnmolemeats.com. Zinworld Premium CBD offers full and broad-spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules, which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223. Visit online at Zinworld.com or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com. And live on WRMN AM 1410 and 96.7 FM every Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. CST out of the Elgin in the Chicago land area. If you're just now tuning in, I went over some daily news and now we're at the best part of the show. We have an amazing, exciting, well knowledgeable, and when I tell you such a barrier breaking woman out of Canada. And not only is she out of Canada, but she's a Canadian Trini. Oh, shout out to my Trinis, y'all. Y'all know I love y'all. I'm super excited to bring her on because we're going to break down the history of Canadian R&B. We're going to talk about the marketing strategies of big name artists like Drake, Justin Bieber, and Jesse Reyes, why she is so passionate about the world of music and how it affects our society, why diversity in music matters, and more because she actually defended her dissertation, got her PhD, and she is a media expert. Listen, she got her PhD in media studies. Y'all, what better way to have not an amazing, but an outstanding individual come on my show and tell it all. Let's welcome in Dr. Amara Pope. What's up, friend? How are you? (laughs) What an introduction. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure having you on. You look great. Oh, thank you. I had to dress up a little bit for you, you know? (laughs) You are live on the radio in Las Vegas and Chicago. We're bringing you from Canada to America, friend. Yes. (laughs) So wait, before we start, you got to tell me what these Canadian stereotypes you're worried about projecting on me. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I wasn't going to project any stereotypes. I wanted you that she's Canadian, eh? Oh, that's okay. I, I'm guilty of saying A. My yes, parents make fun of me all the time. <laughs> yes, I, I literally have friends who live in America who are from Canada, and they hate it when I do that to them. Hate it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to fully admit I do it all the time, so that's Love okay. it. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so we have you live on air, and before we get into the, the depth of this interview, I actually want to give you some time to shine a light on yourself so people can get to know who exactly Dr. Amara Pope is, because you deserve your flowers. I mean, I kind of gave you an introduction a little, little bit about you having a PhD, but let's talk about your road to becoming a media and marketing expert. 
Great. Well, I got my bachelor's degree in English and fine arts with a digital media specialization. So I was always interested in different forms of communication that led to a master's degree where I studied Drake's marketing and branding strategies in different music videos. So I look at how he represents different identities in different videos. And that actually was picked up in the media. And after I presented it at a couple conferences across Canada, the Toronto Star, Vice, a bunch of top name media outlets covered my dissertation and my topic. And that led me to do a TEDx talk. And this was all before my PhD. So all of this kind of created that huge interest I had in looking at the marketing and branding strategies of Canadian artists. So when I went to do my PhD, I wanted to continue to look at what Drake, Justin Bieber, and Jesse Reyes was doing in the contemporary space. But when I went to look at their research uh, or look at their presentation of themselves and of Canadianness, I did the research on them and I wanted to see what they did differently from artists before them. But what I found was the history of Canadian R&B was actually missing in a lot of canonical texts in academia. A lot of these Canadian R&B artists in the 60s and 70s, their interviews were kind of dispersed in different articles, but there was no big book that said this is what Canadian R&B is. So I almost had to do that historical work to then look at what artists like Bieber, Drake, and Reyes were doing differently today. So it's that history and then the development of Canadian R&B. Oh, I love that. Now, I just want to let you know that we are, like I said, live on the radio in Las Vegas in Chicago, but we're also live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and Instagram. So I will be looking back and forth at all of the different streaming platforms so that I can get your questions in because there are people who are actually commenting right now. And I, I want to ask you this because you spoke about how you found an interest in music history, specifically Canadian R&B music history. Mm -hmm. What was it that truly said to you, hmm, let this be my focus. Let, let me take a pathway down Canadian R&B and really digesting, dissecting Canadian music. Well, like I said, I was originally interested in marketing and branding of the contemporary space. But when I went to look for that history, I saw so many Caribbean Canadian artists that were trying to claw their way into mainstream media. But in Canada, it was so overlooked if artists were participating in quote unquote black music. So that mm. includes soca, reggae, calypso, hip hop, R&B. So, so many artists in the periphery of society collaborated and came together, got recognition in the US and then came back to Canada and still were fighting their way through to get mainstream media access. So when I saw the struggles that many of these artists were facing, I reflected on the immigrant struggle that my parents faced in Canada. They're Caribbean immigrants in Canada. They face racism. I face racism. So just hearing some of the stories that these artists told resonate with me and the experiences of my family, that became something I was super passionate about. So although I was interested in marketing, the history is where my heart really lay. That makes sense. I love that. Now, mm -hmm. let's talk about this because you did say that you're, and I also said it as well, you're Canadian Trini, your parents are immigrants. Uh, your parents are immigrants and you have faced racism yourself. One thing that I know through my own background in education and, and things I've studied in my master's and my, bro and my um, bachelor's as well is that there's a difference, thing, difference between ethnicity and nationality. And your nationality is that you're a Canadian and that you're Trini. But what do you identify as when you're checking a box when it says black, white, Hispanic? I know that a lot of times, because I'm going to tell you why I asked you this question, because I did a lot of research on you. And one thing I love about you is how vocal you are about how, and I love this so much, about how growing up you said that people oftentimes kind of semi-interrogated you to kind of say like, hey, what are you? Mm -hmm. I've got that a lot, even living in many different major cities. Like even when I went to Miami, people thought I was Dominican. I'm like, no, I'm just black. <laughs> but I, I want to kind of like make it clear for everybody, like when you talk about your actual ethnicity, what do you truly identify as? I consider myself a Trinidadian Canadian. So okay. when I talk about that identity, I when I talk about R&B specifically, I talk about how that national and that racial identity seems to be separate. Because as you mentioned, those are different kind of aspects of your larger intersectional identity. And a lot of Canadian R&B artists faced racism and ex because they were Canadian and they were non-Black many of them. So they were challenged for participating in R&B that's considered traditionally American Black space. So as Canadians and as diverse racial identities, they kind of had a double whammy. <laughs> they yes. were challenged for their authenticity in, in creating R&B music. 
I love that. And when you mm-hmm. say black music, there there is really a intersection between what is considered cultural black and what is actual ethnicity black. And when we look at this th- this research behind music and and how it has truly changed our society, we see that sometimes, like you said, it, they don't allow true blackness in. A lot of times, they allow people who are soft black or who are able to present well with our community and with people who are going to digest music. What's your thoughts when you look at people who are fair-skinned Black versus dark-skinned Black who are trying to break into the industry? Well, one thing I did in my dissertation is look at what Justin Bieber, Drake, and Jesse Reyes were each facing in terms of their challenge for their participation in the space of Canadian army music. And Drake has outlined, you know, for, for example, Hotline Bling. He says that was supposed to be traditionally a pop genre category, but it was pushed into a black music genre category because of his skin color. Justin Bieber is a white Canadian. So he talks about being inspired by Canadian or by black culture, but because he's Canadian, because he's white, he's challenged for his participation in the space. And Jesse Reyes talks about even being a woman in the space and how that's pushed her out a lot of the time. So I think all these different aspects of identity are really important when you're looking at the categorization of music, but also just the rel- the relativity of race in the sense that, you know, you could, you could categorize race in so many different ways. Like, for example, people were questioning my identity for being Trini because I wasn't dark enough. Whereas in Canada, I'm too dark to be Canadian. So, you know, there's it's, it's just very relative where you go. Which is so insane because if you look yeah. at demographics all over, no matter if you're in North America, South America, Central America, Europe, they're all diverse countries and continents. You, you, you have all these different spaces that have white, black, Hispanic, neither, other. And when they try to take it to a space where it's like you're not white enough to be here, that's it's really disgusting. Because a lot of these spaces are built on the backs of other demographics. A hundred percent. And that's what I argue about Canadian R&B. Like these, so we're predominantly immigrants now, you know, and that, that it was the work of those immigrants that created the music that we celebrate today, yet they were pushed out of Canadian media. So it's, it's crazy. <laughs> hey, Dr. Mara, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have more interview questions for you. Stick around. This is the Jamie D Show live on KSHP out of Las Vegas and also WRMN out of the Elgin and Chicagoland area. Hey, like I told you, if you have any questions, comment live. I'm looking at all the stream platforms. My hands are going everywhere. My eyes are going everywhere. I'm still keeping my questions in my head. All right. I got y'all. We're calling at 847-931-1410. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, this is Marky B from the First Shift Morning Show. And on my show, I try to make local movers and shakers feel comfortable when they join me for interviews, like Sherry Blazier of the Elgin History Museum. I think I need to note to you that I just looked at my mood ring, and it is perfectly purple, which means I'm very happy and content and sailing along. I figured if I immersed myself in the accoutrements, I would be in the mood for this. Huh. Accoutrement? Is that what you said? Accoutrement. What she said. Just join me mornings from 6 until 10 a.m. right here on WRMN. Discover the charms of life along the Mother Road, historic Route 66 at the Hampton Inn of Litchfield, Illinois. The Hampton is off of Route 55, just 56 miles northeast of St. Louis. Dine in at Nancy's Pizza next door or the historic Ariston Restaurant on Old 66. Cruise into a drive-in movie. And for fishing, boating, and hiking, Lake Louie is the centerpiece of Litchfield's bustling outdoor culture. For reservations, call 217-324-4441. Experts say regular auto maintenance is one of the most important things for your car. Meineke Car Care Center at 376 Sundown Road in South Elgin covers all your automotive needs. From oil changes, brake services, and emission testing, Meineke's expert staff provides hard work and dedication with the utmost professionalism. Need an oil change? Visit Meineke in South Elgin for their 23-point inspection. Call 847-888-9644. Weekday mornings on the First Shift Show, we talk about community issues, like whether or not we should remove the dams right here along the Fox River. You've got Elgin has a huge issue with infrastructure, with the drinking water. St. Charles has buildings built on the river with big concrete abutments. It's going to be an astronomical amount of money. Yeah. And I believe the prevailing sentiment at the board meeting the other night was, we are so far away from this ever becoming reality. It's the First Shift, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m., right here on WRMN.
What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jamie D Show, live on KSHP AM fourteen hundred and one oh seven point one FM every Monday through Friday from eleven AM until twelve PM PST out of the Las Vegas area. And we're also live on WRMN AM 1410 and 96.7 FM every Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. CST out of the Elgin and the Chicagoland area. Oh yeah, we're also live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook at The Jamie D Show. That's spelled T-H-E-J-A-I-M-E-D-E-E-S-H-O-W. If you are having a good time, I see we have more people viewing the YouTube than actually in the chat. You're more than welcome to log in using your Gmail, and you can comment your questions there. I see we have some questions in the chat right now that I will ask, so make sure you put your questions in the chat so I can acknowledge them later in the interview. And if you want to call in, 847-931-1410. Again, that's 847-931-1410 to get live on the radio. All right, let's bring in the amazing Dr. Mara Pope back, Amara Pope, back on to the show, because listen, we got some things to talk about, friend, and I'm really excited to have you here because you're really dissecting this history that a lot of people in American culture don't even think about because unfortunately we still are two different countries. And even though we have a lot of similarities in our people and the things that we do and the the entertainment that we share, there still is a barrier. And so let's break that barrier today. And let's talk about the history of Canadian R&B. Well, when I talk about the history of Canadian R&B, I go all the way back to minstrelsy. So that's when we had white performers come on stage in the 19th century and represent what black identities were. And back then we talk about minstrelsy transforming or transpiring into what we call black genre music. So it created these ideas of what black identities were. And that then went into the organization of music genre categories. So that's what actually eventually led from Billboard taking Black music to Black singles to R&B and changing it multiple times, urban, to all these different genres, but really R&B having a long history of representing Black music. Mm -hmm. And when it represented that Black music, it also then, as I mentioned before the break, became associated with Black American culture. So when we had Canadians participating in the space, we saw many Canadians moving to the U.S. to get recognition before coming back to Canada. And so when I talk about Canadian R&B history, I talk about it being deeply indebted to American culture. So as you mentioned, you know, Americans don't really think about it. But when when you do think about it, you see how much Americans have actually helped catapult what I call Canadian R&B music. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about catapulting Canadian R&B music, how do you think that those artists like Drake, Justin Bieber, Jesse Reyes, who do go into America, pop off, become an American, when I tell you, like, star, but then go back to Canada, how do you think they're received? Are they received the exact same way? Is there a little, like, like eh, you know, you kind of left us, become something better? Like, what, what, what actually happens when they come back? Well, when I talk about Bieber, Drake, and Reyes in the categories of Canadian R&B genres and um, generations. I talk about Bieber, Drake, and Reyes all representing kind of the new genre of contemporary R&B, which mixes hip-hop, pop, R&B, music. So they introduce the pop element to get more mainstream hits. But I put Bieber and Drake in their own generation, and I put them as separate from Reyes because Bieber and Drake came out right when social media was hitting. So they gathered a a local audience. They did have fans in the U.S. or in Canada and the U.S. And when they went to the U.S., they still had those Canadian fans. Where Jessie Reyes is a third generation, she had more homegrown help, more homegrown talent. So I think that in a way she had less of an ostracism when she came back to Canada because she was creating her career a lot within Canada itself. But we see in a lot of Toronto and, you know, many of our small Ontario towns here, a lot of hate towards Beaver and Drake. And it's just, it's just become a thing. It's cool to hate on those artists because oh. it's crazy. It's crazy that we don't want to celebrate our own talent. And they've often stated that they found more support and more fans in the U.S. rather than Canada. You know, I find it really crazy how the term it be your own people really resonates with everybody. It could be in a different nationality. It could be in a different ethnicity group. It, it, you, it doesn't, that term does not stick with just black people. And it, it's crazy how it's so much easier and so much more fun, quote unquote, to hate on your people than mm-hmm. it is to take a step back, realize you're putting on for our people. You're making a way for our people. And now you're opening doors for people like me, who's right now being a hater because I wish I was in your spot. Yeah. And I think, 
Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's what a lot of it is, is that people are jealous. They want to be, there's so many Canadian artists that are trying to break in and they see what these few artists have accomplished. And then it just becomes a jealousy thing where they want to hate on them. (laughs) Again, they're opening the doors for those jealous people to actually make a way. Now it's easier for those jealous people who are hating to get into the industry than it ever was before. But instead of taking a step back, respecting that, understanding like, hey, it wasn't able to be, it wasn't going to be me, but it was somebody else. But now I have a higher chance of getting there as well. They they, they just say, let's just hate. And I, I think that's the dumbest thing that people do, especially in our world that we're living in now, because we already face so much hate as it is walking outside. Why not love on each other? Now, I, I want to talk about this because when, when you look at the history of Canadian R&B, you look at how a lot of American culture truly does create culture around the world. When we look at what you said about how Canadian R&B started off with white artists and white artists portraying black culture and so on and so forth, how would you say Canada created their music genres? Was it something that they created for for themselves and it kind of just mixed with American culture? Or did American culture really create the space in Canada and Canada just jumped on it? Yeah, I, when I talk about that history of Canadian R&B, I talk about kind of the creation of our music world. And I talk about the very first music genre charts and award shows. And a lot of it cr- was created through the categories that the U.S. was already creating and, 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 and using. And so when we created a star system in Canada, we relied heavily on what the U.S. was doing. We were a very, we're a very small country in comparison. We have a smaller population. We have a younger music industry. So a lot of what the US was doing is what we mimicked when we were creating ours. And that involves creating a predominantly white entertainment industry. So we did the same thing in Canada, except a bit worse, you could say, because we didn't allow as much diversity to happen in mainstream media. Which is kind of crazy to me because as a radio personality, an actor on TV, an international commercial artist, an international billboard artist, I have been offered, not offered, excuse me, I've been shown opportunities in Canada that I really wanted. And I'm like, I want to audition for this role or I want to apply for this radio position because I think Canada's great. But you guys are so serious about we're going to give these jobs to Canadians only and you have to be a Canadian resident to get these jobs. But when you look at how the lack of support for Canadian artists actually is, it makes no sense how on one hand they're like, we're feeding everything to Canadians, but on the other hand, we're also hindering them from really being great. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was conducting my research for my PhD, I interviewed 35 marketing professionals and music industry executives in Canada and in the US. And when I was interviewing them in Canada, I found that a lot of the music industry executives recognized our lack of support for quote unquote black music. And it's still occurring today. And when I was doing the research, I saw, you know, Republic Records in the US, for example, came out and said they're going to stop using the term urban because it had very negative connotations. It was harming a lot of the artists pushed into that category rather than helping them. So we see it happening in Canada and in the US. But many of the Canadian music industry executives said that we have a much longer way to go than in the in the US. Mm. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Now, we are getting some submitted questions right now, so I want to ask you before we go to break. Tracy, the Way Up CEO, says, how does one gain Canadian fame in the absence of American influence? I don't think you can actually silo the two. I think we're so deeply indebted to one another, especially Canadians heavily relying on the entertainment space in, in the U.S., that we haven't seen that happen yet, and I don't know if we ever will because our roots are so deeply indebted in, in U.S. culture. Mm. Now, this is a great segue to the next question she asks, because you say you're so indebted to the American culture. She wants to know, who are some truly famous Canadians who aren't Americanized? Well, although I say Jesse Reyes does, you know, heavily rely on U.S. culture, I think she is a very proud Canadian because she also talks about the immigrant struggle, similar to my experiences. She talks about growing up in many different parts of Ontario And she heavily relies on her Canadian identity to be portrayed in her music videos, as well as in interviews. She she represents Toronto anywhere she goes. So I would definitely say Jesse Reyes is through and through a Canadian. Love that. Now, Mm -hmm. I watch your interviews on other shows and 
you have specified where you were born and raised. And I want you to go ahead and shout that out. Because I know people love to be like, I'm from here. I'm from there. We're talking about Toronto. And yeah. when I'm seeing where you're from, it sounds so similar to your name. Where are you from? Oh, okay. So I was born in Scarborough, Ontario. But okay. I moved to somewhere called Elmira, Ontario. So I became mm-hmm. Amara from Elmira. And, El- and you know, Scarborough, multicultural, very diverse, very much in the hub of Toronto like diversity central entertainment industry bomb like booming booming that space is booming but then when i moved to elmira ontario we were surrounded by horse and buggies predominantly mennonites we were the only brown family in a corner house so it was a very different experience right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so amara from elmira did i do that right elmira yeah all right dr amara pope we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we got more questions for you don't go nowhere you better uh-huh. stay right there. <laughs> this is the Jamie D Show live on KSHP out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and live on WRMN AM 1410 and 96.7 FM out of the Elgin and the Chicagoland area. Stay there. Mama Bird Southern Kitchen and Smokehouse celebrates and revives what it means to be homemade and backyard smoked with a fresh, modern take on traditional dishes. We invite guests to reminisce of a time gone by where Southern homes and backyards were always open to welcome in neighbors or folks just passing through. From old Dixie fried chicken to low and slow smoked Texas brisket, a home-cooked meal is always wholesome, hearty, and good. Visit our website for more information, ddvegas.com. Come on in to Rise and Shine, where the eggs are always sunny, the pancakes are fluffier than clouds, and the servers are as sweet as maple syrup. Rise and Shine, with two locations, 10690 Southern Highlands in Decatur, and 9827 West Flamingo in Grand Canyon. Both locations are open daily for breakfast and lunch. Visit our website, ddvegas.com, or call 702-202-4646. Hola, Cocina and Cantina brings the colors, aromas, and flavors of Mexico. The menu is lighter and more modern than traditional Mexican fare and features a wide variety of vegetarian and vegan options. And there are two locations, 10530 Southern Highlands and Decatur and 9742 West Maui and Fort Apache. Visit our website, ddvegas.com or call 702-202-6489. By popular demand, the showroom at South Point presents Bill Medley and Bucky Hurd. Let's get on with it. <laughs> the Righteous Brothers. You'll hear all the hits and more. January 23rd to the 25th. Tickets to the box office. Online at SouthPointCasino.com or charged by phone. 702-797-8055. Don't miss this show. It's selling out fast. Thank you. everybody welcome back to the jamie d show Woo! i'm lit y'all we are live right now i feel like i'm in canada i feel like i'm in canada eh? <laughs> but yes we're live on kshp am 1400 and 107.1 fm every monday through friday from 11 a.m until 12 p.m pst out of las vegas nevada and live on wrm and am 1410 and 96.7 fm Every Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. CST out of the Elgin and the Chicagoland area. We're live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook at The Jamie D Show. That's spelled T-H-E-J-A-I-M-E-D-E-E-S-H-O-W. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share this link out to your friends and family. Help The Jamie D Show grow. And as well, if you want to promote your business, product, services, music, and more, hit us up at info at jamied.com. That's info at J-A-I-M-E. D-E-E.com. I can guarantee you, you'll get the exposure you need. Wink. <laughs> All right. Let's bring back in Dr. Amara Pope. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome in. All right. So in the last thing, we were kind of talking about a vast majority of things as pertains to Canadian R&B, how it was birthed, how it has evolved, and how it really has pushed Canadians to move to America and be present in our culture to become who they are today. We spoke about Drake, we spoke about Justin Bieber, and we spoke about Jesse Reyes. And so I want to talk about that. You have 
your PhD where you talk about the online marketing strategies of big name artists like Drake, Justin Bieber, and Jesse Reyes. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, cool. So I know through my research, because you know I wouldn't be a journalist if I didn't do research. Dr. Mara Pope, you have been on the billboard. Not just Billboard, but The Billboard. You've been on TV, <laughs> iHeartRadio, which I've worked for, National Post, CBC, Vice, Daily Hive, Your Morning, and more. And you're also a TEDx speaker. Now, hold on. Real quick. I'm also a TEDx speaker. I was flown out to New York to do a TED Talk. Do I get to be a TEDx-like person? Do I get to put that on my title? Yeah, of course. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's your handle. <laughs> I'm about to put that on my handle. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. if y'all didn't know, I am a TEDx speaker. <laughs> yes. So one thing I'm super excited about is the fact that you have been on so many different platforms and not only have you spoke about many of the same different topics, you have been able to be vast in your approach and in your communication and always spill a little bit more each and every time. And so I want to give people a preview of you on CTV's This Hour with Angie Seth, where you spoke about Canadians redefining R&B and what that looks like for artists like Drake and so on. So for everybody's looking at us, take a listen. I'm to bring music into this because yeah. that's sort of what you dive into with your PhD. Um, Canadian R&B, you look at sort of the genre of Canadian R&B, how it came about, how the influence of it, uh, the popularity of it. Yeah. But we know that, um, that when we look at the lyrics and, and we look at, you know, the likes of Drake, et cetera, and his early music, mm -hmm. there's a story. There's always a story there. And now as your research, you yeah. look at that stuff and you look at and, and you look at the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the relationship between Canadian R&B and diversity. Yes. So in my PhD dissertation, I looked at the rise of Canadian R&B and how many immigrants actually contributed to that space. Right. They paved the way. And because they lacked support in Canadian mainstream media, they had to work in the periphery of society. Right. Oftentimes moving to the States, but also collaborating across many different genre styles. That could be soca, reggae, calypso, mm -hmm. R&B, even hip hop. And because they collaborated together, they created this mixture of cultural sounds and styles. Now, let's get into this, because you say they've mixed cultural sound and styles. It's the new genre of contemporary R&B, which has hip hop, pop, calypso, reggae, and so much more. When we look at social media, mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very frank with you, it, 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 there really is no real rule book. People love to get on social media and say, this is how you become famous. This is how you do this. But as we know, the algorithm changes all the time. As we know, us as content creators and consumers, we don't control social media. We're just participants on social media. And when we think we cracked the code, they're like, ah, gotcha. And so I want to talk about the online marketing of Drake, Justin Bieber, and Jesse Reyes because we know that, yes, they could become big names, but it's so easy nowadays to get canceled, to fall off. To, to, to have something in your past show up and you're not a celebrity anymore. So let's talk about how they've been able to use their online marketing to break through their breakthrough in their industry and also continue to stay relevant in their industry. Yeah, well, Justin Bieber, Drake, and Jesse Reyes, I talk about how all three of them break into the music industry and essentially look at their rise to fame. And when I do that, I look at not only how they used online marketing platforms, but traditional networking as well. So I always preface that their online marketing strategies are coupled with the traditional marketing strategy of networking. So all three of them had specific individuals that helped them to catapult their careers at the very beginning. And that's what helped them to break barriers. So when you start to think of Justin Bieber as like an overnight success or Drake as kind of a, an anomaly that he broke in through nowhere, that he just came out of nowhere and he was this viral online sensation... I kind of debunk that myth and say that they had to use the traditional ways as well as social media. And I look at how Drake back in the day used Blogspot and MySpace to help amplify his visibility. <laughs> I know, I know. It seems ancient now. Right. And then Justin Bieber, he used YouTube and Jesse Reyes, she actually used Facebook. And all of these different platforms that they used helped them attract the attention of one key individual that would help them break in. Now, you, you said that there was a specific person they used to help them break in the industry. Who was this specific person? Was it another celebrity? 
it was so for Drake, he met Jazz Prince and Jazz Prince, his father was in the music industry and Jazz Prince was trying to break in the industry as well to represent talent. So he was young and eager to look for talent. Drake was talent, young and eager to look for somebody to represent him. So that seemed to be a very good synergy. Jazz Prince then introduced him to people like Lil Wayne, Kanye West, and the, those connections kind of snowballed from there. Justin mm-hmm. Bieber, he met Scooter Braun and Scooter Braun was already well vetted in the industry. He had many connections already, but he was also looking to do his own thing and to find his own talent. He found Asha Roth and then he found Justin Bieber on social media. So then that was also a great match. And then Jesse Reyes met Mauricio Roos and Mauricio was also in the same position, looking for new talent to then grow in Canada and came across Jesse Reyes on Facebook. So again, it's just finding that key individual who's also as equally as eager to help you break in and you being that talent that is as eager to break into the industry. What you just said is something that we truly sometimes forget. It's not Mm -hmm. what you know, it's who you know. And Mm -hmm. we look at this online marketing strategies we're talking about with these three different artists. It started off with who they knew. And Mm -hmm. we have another comment right now and question that says, even though Drake met these people and they put him on, did you not factor in the fact that his dad was already famous and that oh. Drake was known for acting? I mean, he was on Degrassi. Yeah. Everyone loved Degrassi. <laughs> so I 100% include that in my long dissertation. It's over 400 pages. So I'm trying to give you the brief synopsis. But yes, I talk about Drake's, you know, he talks about even being photographed on stage with his father on his lap. So he was introduced to the music industry well before, you know, he got signed. And I talk about how he uses MySpace and Blogspot to take his online audience from Degrassi and from these different social media platforms and put them onto his music. So he already had a local fan base. He was performing in local spaces in Toronto and he took that local audience to help catapult his career as well. Mm. Dr. Barbara, mm-hmm. I have to ask this and this, 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 this may make you chuckle a little bit, but I, I just, you're already, look, you're already laughing. I just right. have to ask this because You've been on so many major platforms. You have your PhD. Congratulations. You did your, you defended your dissertation and you talk often about Drake, Justin Bieber, and Jesse Reyes. Has any of them reached out to you? I mean, you, you talk about them so much. I mean, you're literally going on a promotional campaign for them. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. Well, let me preface this. I have been talking about Drake for a long time with like TEDx, with my master's degree. But with Jesse Reyes, Justin Bieber, I only graduated technically in November. So this is all new. I'm hoping one of them at some point. I would love, I would love to do it. I mean, I, I study them as an academic, but also as a fan. Of course, I love their music. Of course, I love what their branding and marketing strategies are. So for me, it was fun to do this research. And I wouldn't say I idolize them, but I definitely respect what they do. Let me tell you this, Dr. Mara Pope. The Jamie D Show has a lot of exposure. I've been in the industry for a long time. I've brushed shoulders with a lot of these different celebrities. So you never know where this interview can go. I speak it into existence for you. Because like you said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I just ask this. When you meet them, don't forget about me. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll just say this now. If I meet any three of them, I will thank you first thing I do when I see them. (laughs) Y'all heard that live on the radio and live on all different streaming platforms. I will make sure to call you out if you don't. Oh, you will. I mean, you have it recorded now. I'm on the air. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And when you come down to America, we got to hang out, friend. We got to hang out. Now, when you, we talk about how passionate you were, because you started in marketing and digital and all the other stuff before you really got into your dissertation, your PhD, and truly Canadian R&B, you said that, you know, through your research, that's what gave you that bright light of like, hmm, there's another thing that I want to research and get into. Is there anything else that you can say, this is why I'm so passionate about the world of music? I grew up in a Trini household. Music was such a huge part of my existence. You know, it became a part of every holiday, just every day-to-day activity, cooking, everything, you know? So music to me is just a part of my everyday life. I also go to the gym every day, you know, going to the gym, listening to my beats, just music is so integral to me as a person. So I would say that is where the passion lies is just a true fan and a a true contributor to the space that I just want to see more diversity represented. So it's not just, it's not just a research project to me. It's not something that I, you know, I like to talk about. It's something that I truly believe in. Now you you talk about how diversity truly matters and how it does push cultures, cultures forward and representation matters. Why is it that music affects our societies as much as it does today? 
I think musical artists are in a unique position of influence, different from political leaders, different from, you know, quote unquote, social media influencers. These artists can resonate and with us through storytelling, and that can be experienced on so many different platforms. Whether you hear it on the radio, you watch a music video, you go to the grocery store and you hear their music, they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous in our society. So I think that they have a huge potential influence to shape our culture. And I think that when they use it in in good ways, in ways of bringing us together, creating live concerts to bring that audience, doesn't matter what color you are, what what race you are, what nationality you are, you're in that audience and you feel a sense of community. And I think that artists can do that in such a beautiful way. You're not wrong. We do have a personal Mm -hmm. question from Kendra. She wants to know, have you been to OVOXO Festival or Carnival in Canada yet? I have been to Carnival in Canada a couple times, and actually, it's my 30th birthday this year, and my mom's 60th. Oh, oh, okay. So I'm planning to go with my mom and my best friends to rock Carnival this this year. With yeah, it'll be great. I've never actually played mass before, so that's something I really want to do. I can't wait to see my my mother and me just rocking that. It'll be super fun. But I have not been able to go to OVO. Honestly, between us, it's very expensive. So I have not been able to afford it right now to be able to go. One of these years, we'll get there. But yeah. (laughs) Congratulations on everything that you're doing. Happy early birthday. And you will be able to go to OVO Exo Festival one day. Listen, I'll be in Canada. I've I've always visited. I've been there several times. You never know. I might be able to be in your town one day soon. Now, I want to know this before we leave off today. What's next for you? Oh, what's next for me? I am taking this to the road and doing a ton of public speaking. I love to guest lecture. I love to do presentations for companies, learning more about diversity. So I want to take this passion I have for representing diversity and take it anywhere I can go at in schools and corporations, wherever is willing to listen. So I'm happy to do that this year. You will continue to break down barriers. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. And thank you so much. I mean, look, you reached out to me on Instagram. We're live right now. I know, I I'm know. so happy that you did that. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the Jamie D Show. I'm glad that we're connecting now. We are here with their friend. We're turning 30 this year. I'm calling mine the flirty 30. What you calling yours? Oh, I love that. No, no, no. We'll keep going with the 30 flirty. I love it. Yes, (laughs) love it. Thank you so much. Let everybody know how they can follow you and support you as you continue to grow in your career. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. All of my handles are at D-R-A-M-A-R-A-P-O-P-E. So at Dr. Amara Pope or visit my website, www.D-R-A-M-A-R-A-P-O-P-E.ca or .com. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. I guess I'm rooting for you. Have a good rest of your day, okay? Thank you. Take care. See you, friend. Everybody, that was Dr. Amara Pope. I know y'all are clapping it up back at home, but I'm going to ring that bell for her. So grateful to have her live on my radio show. She's such an awesome light. I really am rooting for her. She's going to be blessed. She's going to have everything she needs and more. And I promise you, she's going to meet Drake, Justin Bieber, or Jesse Reyes. And she better make sure she let me know. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been the Jamie D Show live on KSHP AM 1400 and 107.1 FM every Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 12 p.m. PST out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and live on WRMN AM 1410 and 96.7 FM every Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. CST out of the Elgin in the Chicagoland area. Don't forget, if you want to promote your music, your business, your products, your services, and more, hit us up at info at jamied.com. That's I-N-F-O at J-A-I-M-E-D-E-E.com. I guarantee you, you will get the exposure you need. Wink. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.